0: Well, if you can put your thumb in John 5, uh, that's where we are at this morning, and I'll tell you which verse soon. Hold your horses. <laughs> in Welsh mythology, so John 5, not mythology, <laughs> in Welsh mythology, we are presented with this figure called Kiloch. I won't... Uh, test you afterwards, it's a difficult name, Kiloch. and he's described in one of the old sort of Welsh manuscripts uh, as he's almost too good to be true, you know, he comes riding into the narrative on this beautiful white horse and the writer describes his sword and describes his shield and describes his helmet. And then it even describes the tassels on the horse's mane. All the trimmings, his armour is described in minute detail. Oh, he's strong, he's mighty. And he's on a mission. He's described from different angles. So at first, Ciloch, the Welsh Prince, is riding towards you as you're reading But then you see the back of him and you see that he has a beautiful uh, armor on his back. He's even got good family connections. He's the nephew to Arthur, or I can't remember, he might be the cousin. And he's a glorious warrior, really wonderful. And his quest is to marry Olwen, this impossible woman. Why is she impossible where her father he's a giant uh-oh <laughs> there's a father of the bride in the way a deadly giant and the story is about kiloch fulfilling 40 impossible tasks around 40 38 then. and the result will be that this married couple will enjoy their estate together remember that image the the prince was almost too good to be true and then his bride which is almost an impossible case last week we asked why is heaven such a comfort today and i'm i'm really sorry because i said we were heading to the new earth today didn't we but you may be asking what are we waiting for what are we waiting for well, you may have noted from the hymns that we were singing that between our estate here now and, the, and that great new heaven and new earth, that new recreation, something's going to happen, isn't it? You probably thought, oh, he's going to avoid this. He's going to skim over it and go straight into heaven. But no, we're waiting for him, aren't we? We're waiting for that great day, the day of judgment. So, if you've got your Bible, turn to John 5, looking in particular at verses 22 to 30. And if you want a pivotal text, whereby everything that I'm going to say to you in the next half hour or so, it's verse 24. Most assuredly, I say to you, He who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment. John, the writer of this text, of this book, what did he write it? Well, you remember in chapter 20, verse 30, these things are written, he said, that you might see that Jesus is the Christ, isn't it? The Son of God. And believing you may have life in his name. He wants to pray, parade, rather, not prayed, parade Christ's deity to us in these chapters. And it's far more glorious than that Celtic warrior that we just heard about. John 5. So if you can bear with me, go to the beginning of the chapter. It starts with an amazing poolside miracle, doesn't it? Bethesda, on the Sabbath, 38 years, this man's a cripple. Jesus speaks, doesn't he? And he's up. He's up. Unbelievable. The Jews aren't gobsmacked. No, no. What are they doing? They're focusing on the fact that Jesus did this on the Sabbath. How dare he? Who does he think he is? In verses 17 to 18, so just skip the narrative, we're seeing Jesus opening his mouth again. He claims equality with God in nature. That's who he thinks he is. He knows he is. Look at verse 17 and 18. Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his Father, making himself equal with God. But he's also equal with God in his power. Verse uh, 19 to 21. For as the Father raises the dead. See, that was the characteristic of God in the Old Testament, wasn't it? He's He's the giver of life, as well as the one who takes it away. He's the one who breathes life into the nostrils of our parents. He is the one who takes away. Look at it. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son... His life to whom he will. Are you getting it? And he has the authority in these verses too. John is giving us a full panoramic image of the Son of God. The Son of God. Not only that, he records Christ's words, doesn't he? Some of you might have read ink in your Bible which records the words of Jesus Christ. These are all very applicable to you because it's what Jesus is saying. And look, what is the headline of John chapter 5 towards the end? Listen, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the saviour of the world. Secondly, listen, he will return as judge. We need to hear, firstly, the Son of God, don't we? you noticed in the text the repetition of hearing hearing i you know the voice look look at verse 24 most assuredly i say to you he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life hearing don't forget bethesda when you read in these passages you've got to think of them as Think what's going on there. Don't just read them in in isolation. They have just seen Christ's words making a cripple walk. (laughs) He's he's saying that the most important thing now that any one of us can do back then, today, is to listen to the good news. Why? Why? It's pretty plain, isn't it, brothers and sisters? Pretty plain. It determines our eternal destiny. Jesus said to him, back in verse 8, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately, immediately, the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. You've seen what I can do, Jesus is saying. You know who I am, don't you? he's saying you really need to listen to me why because hearing my words is hearing my father's words what does jesus mean by hearing here though because you're probably saying to me i can't hear jesus i can't hear him i can't hear him whether hearing mentioned here includes belief obedience notice how that cripple got up didn't he he listened Notice the obedience of him. So just as the son healed the invalid by the pool, by his word, so also is it that his word, his word brings eternal life this morning. In chapter 6, this is not me making this up, friends. Look what he says. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. And then Peter in verse 68 of chapter 6, says, you, notice the emphasis here, you have the words of eternal life. You don't get that out there, do you, brothers and sisters? Allah's not going to give you the words of eternal life. Nor is the universe, as we commune with it in our new age fancies. No, 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 you have the words of eternal life. These words are tied with his identity, you see. You are the Christ, Peter says. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. My friends, Jesus isn't some moral guru that's going to get you through this week, even though he does get us through this week. But he's not just a guru or a nice man. This is God. This is God. Have you you realized this yet? It's better than that, though, isn't it? He says, Look at our text again. If you hear me aright, verse 24, and believe you will not come into judgment. In fact, you've already passed from the realm of death into the realm of life. It's already happened. I was in a hotel once uh, in France. I'm glad she's gone now. Uh, yeah, no one's sleeping. I was sleeping. Uh, As many of you know, Yen is hearing impaired, which has made those first few uh, years quite interesting on a few occasions. And in the middle of the night, I got up, and there was this big red light in the room, flashing. Wow, wow, wow. And it's this tremendously loud alarm. I get up, I get out, and as I'm running down the corridor, I realise... where's (laughs) Yenna? I am, I do love her. But in those moments, you know, it's uh, it's every man for himself, isn't it? No, 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 don't, do not quote me. So I return, I return into the Premier Inn in France, Premier Class, they call them there. And um, I said, come on, Yenna. And I, we are going to die. And yeah, she's still sleeping away. What are you waiting for? Are you deaf? (laughs) So I put the hearing aid in her ear and grabbed her, pulling her out from that danger zone. Danger zone, remember, into the fresh air. That was a false alarm. But Romans tells us that a day of wrath is coming. Romans 2, verse 5. Looming on the horizon of eternity, the Apostle Paul said on the slopes of the Areopagus, which means the hill of Ares, the hill of their god of war. Do you remember what Paul said? He said that the real god, not Ares, not this Celtic mythical warrior, has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed this day is fast approaching the final judgment day in which god will hold court and all the world will stand trial before him you see we couldn't go to the new heaven and the new earth before i preached on the day of judgments. jesus is saying here listen to me believe here and now Because if you believe here and now, like Yenna, being taken out of the danger zone, you too. Look at John 3 verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. You're already doomed. I know, again, not very woke this morning. That's specific, isn't it? All roads in the world do not lead to heaven. You won't get there out of your good works. You won't get there. You know, the gods of this earth, the great panoply of gods, even on this stretch of road going down to the city center, you've got all sorts of gods, haven't you? You've got the the mosque, and you've got uh, the commercial, the idolatry, None of that, they're not different costumes for the one God. No, no. No, no. The Bible says there is no other name, no other name, under heaven, whereby you must be saved. Notice I'm not frowning here, because Christ is Savior today, even though a day of wrath is coming. You know, Daniel Rowland preached first few years And people were having nervous breakdowns because it was wrath, wrath, wrath. And then Philip, was to say to him, oh, Daniel Bach preached the balm of Gilead. We have a Savior this morning. That's why Jesus is saying, he who believes in him is not condemned. God does not desire our death. On the TTC this year, Theological Training Course, if you're wondering what that stands for, uh, one of the first years, which some of you know, has a, he had a wonderful conversion. And he gave a devotion from Colossians 1, verse 13. And we were all quite moved because it was we see it. You see it in action with a new convert, don't you? He has delivered us from the power of darkness And conveyed. He's shifted us. Into the kingdom of the son of his love. Oh my friends. Have you heard this? Have you heard this? But let's look at the, the Bible again. Verse 25 then. Jesus doesn't finish there. Does he? Verse 25 is a curious phrase. The hour is coming. And now is. When the dead will hear the voice of the son of God. Now. When you, you've got to use your brain when you read in the Bible, you know you can't just you know look at each word and what, what does Jesus mean here? The dead here are those of you here this morning who are not Christians. I know that's a bit ooh, you know. Have you ever thought of yourself as dead? You know, in theology, one of the tensions is this idea of um, what do they call it? Already, not yet. Okay. What do I mean? Well, Jesus brings life, doesn't he? As well as judgment. By accepting him here this morning, you can avoid a verdict of condemnation when that final judgment is given and enjoy a foretaste of heaven now. Now. Resurrection and judgment are the final things and they are come together in this, in this, in this wonderful figure. Our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Two natures, but one person, you know. He's not, you know, one minute he's a man and one minute he's a God. No, no, two natures in that one person. So we can say that God died on the cross, but he was also a man. You see, in one way, for the believer, the true day of judgment, for the believer, occurred on Calvary, didn't it? Earthquake, darkness, judgment, a removal of the barrier between heaven and earth when the curtain was torn in two, and then the glorious resurrection. (sighs) And after the end, after the end, there's life, isn't there? And Jesus steps into history once again, cooking breakfast, You see, Jesus is the one who brings about the transformation of all things. It would have been wrong for me to just go to the new earth without talking to you about that day of transformation. The hour is coming, and now is. But secondly, look look in our text... John goes on to say that we will not only hear the voice of the Son of God, that we should hear him today. Today, I heard the voice of Jesus say, come unto me and rest. But notice as well in our text, we will hear the Son of Man. Notice the changes now. Secondly, all, we will hear the voice of the Son of Man. All who are in the graves, now these are the bodies in the ground, not you here this morning will hear the voice, notice, of the Son of Man hearing again. Notice, John is, a, is an arty fellow. He likes um, <laughs> using recurring imagery. The age to come, my friends, begins with the day of the Lord. The judgment that brings about the triumph of the kingdom of Christ over all unrighteousness. How do you think of Judgment Day, Christian? Are you like a a medieval Catholic? I know that's a random question. But I I don't know if you've been to those cathedrals in France and you see the gargoyles. And you've got their tongue sticking out. I'm not going to... I shouldn't do that from the pulpit. And there's horror. And there's frightening. And they're dragging souls into the flames christians in the middle ages were petrified of the day of judgment the words of their Irae, the mass of the dead and don't no, they don't help much either day of wrath day that will dissolve the world into burning coals what am i the wretch then to say what patron can i beseech when scarcely the judged when scarcely the just can be secure this isn't the bible okay King of tremendous majesty, do not lose me on that day. My prayers are not worthy. You see, they were depending on their prayers. For a Christian, doomsday is a happy day when we will see our Lord again. We will see him. The one who died for me, who lived for me, Is coming to get me, coming to get us, the church. We long for that day, but for the unbeliever, the unbeliever here this morning, you should be really nervous. No, you should be frightened. There's a shift in verse 28. Notice, do not marvel at this for the hour is coming notice not now is the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation These are those who are dead in the ground. A day is coming, you see, my friends. Jesus is saying, I will appear with authority. I will raise the dead. A general resurrection of believers and unbelievers. Verse 29, how will you know you'll hear me? You'll hear me. You'll see me. Remember that Celtic warrior, his armor glistening. Well, John is saying here that Jesus of Nazareth is the Son of God, but he's also the Son of Man, the Saviour. Now, this isn't just the fact that he's a man, which is a, a, a phenomenal. But turn very quickly to Daniel 7. Daniel 7 and verse 13. The Jews would, this would have rung a bell with the Jews when he said, the Son of Man, the Son of Man, Daniel 7, verse 13, I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man come in with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one, they shall not be destroyed. You see, this is our anointed King, the same Jesus who speaks about the authority he has received in John five. Isn't that wonderful? My grandfather used to preach in a small village in West Wales, and there used to be this row of old women in the back, and they were knitting. And and when he'd get to the day of judgment or Jesus Christ is the only way, one of the women, each time he'd go there, put the knitting needles down and do this. (laughs) And about the third time he visited, (laughs) he pointed at her and said, you will hear one day. You will hear one day. And those of you who are doing this now, In your mind, you will hear one day. You will. You see, Sproul wrote, Modern man is betting his eternal destiny that there is no final judgment. Bad bet. Fatal. But for a Christian, (laughs) listen to the Heidelberg here. What comfort is it to thee that Christ shall come again to judge the quick and the dead? Listen to this that in all my sorrows and persecutions, with uplifted head, I look for a very same person who before offered himself for my sake to the tribunal of God and has removed all curse from me. Isn't that wonderful? But finally, we've heard the voice of the Son of God, the voice of the Son of Man. We hear the judge. Look at verse 30. Jesus says that his judgment is righteous. Even then, he is doing the will of his Father. All that he says or does on that great day is not for himself, to please himself. Notice, he does so according to the Father's will. This is the day when Christ will appear, yes. The dead will be raised, yes. But it is also the day when judgment will be executed. And the world will be renewed, you see, death and life. The son of man judges and censuses all in accordance with the law that God gave them. Let's ask some quick questions for you, many of you saints who are worried about this day. What if I'm a Christian and I'm still alive? Good question. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, that the transformation of believers still living and the resurrection of believers who have died will occur in a moment. 1 Thessalonians 4, the twinkling of an eye. Don't worry, okay? Who will be there? Who will be there? Everyone will be there though. Everyone, tinker, tailor, soldier, spy, sailor, you can see, uh, sorry, poor man, rich man, beggar man, thief, popes, kings, and even little you and little me. The courtroom scene is described in revelation 20 the great white throne denoting the purity and righteousness of god 1 Corinthians 5 verse 10 we must all appear before the judgment seats of christ we must all appear appear Bavinck says before pronouncing his verdict on the evil angels on the anti-Christian world and on barbaric peoples, Christ has already positioned the sheep at his right hand and is surrounded by his angels and saints because the saints, Paul says, will be judging as well. 1 Corinthians 6. That doesn't simply mean an endorsement. It means participation. Remember, Christ and his church are one. Yeah, we are in him. What will happen? Well, every lost sinner will be individually summoned. Your name will be called. Your name will be called. Don't ask me how it works in time. But your name will be called to take your stand before the judgment bar. Every unbeliever will have your day in court. The evidence will be presented. And it will be an irrefutable case presented by God himself. No defence rendered, no bail, no grace anymore. No miscarriage of justice. There will be no successful appeal by the guilty. There will only be perfect, perfect judgment. Books are opened. All your closets, my friends, will be opened. The skeletons tumbling out, as it were, metaphorically. Those things you thought you'd hidden. Christians will be judged because look at, look at the text that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done whether good or bad but remember Romans 8 there is therefore now no condemnation that's the difference for those who are in Christ Jesus believer you will be judged but you will not be condemned isn't that great And believer, you will never please God with your works. You can never be saved by them or gain brownie points with God in some calmer way. No, no, that doesn't mean, though, Christian, that you as a born-again person cannot please God. In Ephesians 2, Paul says, we are God's workmanship, created, remember, in Christ Jesus to do good Works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Verse 10 of Ephesians 2. You see, yes, there will be a judgment. Those cups of water will be remembered. There's too much here, isn't there? (laughs) Conclusion. Conclusion. The Bible talks about the books being opened. But it talks about another book, doesn't it? doesn't it the lamb's book of life revelation 20 i saw the dead small and great standing before god and books were opened oh no oh no but look at the next bit and another book was opened (laughs) which is the book of life and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire I'll finish here. Several years ago, there was this singer, very famous singer. Sing- Sorry, I'm Welsh. That's a singer with a G, all right? A singer who, asked to, who was asked to sing at this beautiful wedding ceremony in, I think it was Chicago. Oh, no, Seattle, Seattle. And the ceremony took place on the ground floor. And then when the couple had married, there was this brass staircase with glass steps you know very very rich and she thought oh I've done my you know they sing their thing don't they you raise me up or something like that and then at the reception waiters in tuxedos she can see them at the top of the stairs they're offering um, those little nice canopies and beverages and the bride and groom go up the stairs and everyone starts following The feast was about to begin and you get the dicky bold man announcing the feast is about to begin and the singer starts going up thinking oh I can really I'm ready now for a good meal and at the top of the stairs a waiter with a bound book greeted the guest outside the doors you know us coming but it's a good illustration may I have your name please I am Mrs Metzger can't find it She spelled her name. It wasn't there. It wasn't there. But I was the singer at the wedding. You heard me. There must be some mistake. I was a member of Heath Evangelical Church. I sang with the basses. I I even preached. The gentleman answered, it doesn't matter who you are or what you are. If your name isn't in the book, you cannot enter the banquet. He motions to another waiter, wait to say and show these people out. As they go down in the lift this time, not on the fancy stairs, because she's so embarrassed, the husband said to her, what, what, what didn't you do? What didn't you do? That was embarrassing, wife. <clears throat> she says, I was so busy. I forgot to fill in the RSVP. And I didn't think I'd have to because I was the singer. My friends, tonight we're exploring the new heavens and the new earth. Listen to Revelation 21 verse 27. There shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. You've got to hear him this morning, my friends. Hear him. Hear him. Jesus Christ is the saviour of the world. If you repent and turn to him, your name will be written in that book, in that ink that they use for the wedding book, which doesn't run dry. It's red, you see. Has he died for you? We've got communion later on and I hope you're praying for that because the Lord often does, the Lord blesses at communion. But think about it. If you're not ready to take communion tonight, then you're not ready to die. You're not ready to die. Hear him. Hear him. Hear him. That's what John is doing through John chapter 5. Hear the son of God who could tell the, de- the crippled man to get up. This is the Word of God. Hear the Son of Man who will come again and raise the corpses from the ground. Hear Jesus this morning saying to you, Come to me, all you labor and are heavy laden. Why? I am the rest itself. I am peace itself. There is no other way. There is no other way. A day is coming. Don't get up from that pew unless you know you're ready. Because a day is coming, a day is coming where you will hear him. Even though you'll be doing like this and saying, I can't believe that, that he was actually talking the truth that morning in, August, in September. Don't wait. Don't wait. If you tarry till you're better, you will never come at all. You will never come at all. Jesus, Jesus, all Sufficient. And we're gonna look more at him tonight. We're gonna see how he is our heaven, how he is our bridegroom. But if you're not a Christian here this morning, you're not coming. You're not coming. And that saddens me. That's why I'm here. I'm not just doing this because I want to hear my sound of my own voice, you know. Come, hear him, hear him, hear him, for his name's sake. Amen.